0: Welcome 2014ers to The Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss X-Men King Size Annual Number 3. Not number 1, not number 2, but number 3. This one's titled, A Fire in the Sky.
1: There's a thunder across the land, and a fire in the sky.
2: It probably goes without saying that giant-sized X-Men number one and number two will suffice as the first two annuals of the X-Men, yeah?
0: True that. All right. Because there is no annual number one and two, so giant-sized number two is a reprint.
2: Giant-sized number two is a reprint of the two Sentinel issues, I think. I don't remember which two Sentinels issues, though. Doesn't matter. Because we're here to talk about the awesome attack of Archon. All new. It does say all new on the bottom of that. I'm not sure why it says all new. Well, I think this was a a pretty big deal based on what I read at the beginning of my Marvel Masterworks. Uh, Jim Shooter had decided that the X-Men were popular enough that it was time to start doing annuals for the X-Men. And as Chris Claremont writes, he he was definitely up for the task. He was excited by it, but... John Byrne apparently was not as excited for it or was busy with other projects, so they asked George Perez if he would join in on the penciling, and uh, George Perez said yes, and that's why he is the penciler for this issue.
0: It's true. Yeah. Frank Miller is the cover artist with
2: Terry Austin. Yeah, this is Frank Miller.
0: It is. It's very early Frank
2: Miller. Well, look at that. You're absolutely right.
0: And, And interesting. Uh, detail about this cover is that they messed up the the printer. Uh, oh. And uh, there was supposed to be an armada or an armada, an army of barbarians behind this one guy with a sword. Yeah. Running towards the X-Men and they were all supposed to be a single color. But they messed up the color printing and so they, they ended up with just the one guy. You can kind of see behind Archon's hair there's another guy.
2: I can't I cannot see any other people in my... There's like a little uh, helmet head. It's just a head. Oh, really?
0: Huh. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like behind Archon's hair. Hmm. under Underneath his armpit.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying.
0: Yep. It, uh, this, they, if they have the original cover, uh, the art for the original cover in the Omnibus. I'm not sure. They might have it in your Marvel Masterworks as well.
2: Hmm. I'm going to flip to the back here. Oh, there it is at the very back. Definitely, yep. You can see where that other person's uh, uh, head would have matched uh, Archon's um, hairline. Oh, that's crazy. So I actually have this issue uh, in my collection. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I've read it multiple times. And got to be honest, like, you know what? You kind of wonder, like, why is it Archon and this other guy just attacking the X-Men? But, I mean, as you read the issue, and we'll get into it, Archon is – for the most part, powerful enough to take on the X-Men that he doesn't necessarily need the whole armada of barbarians.
0: The army seems to be kind of useless as we'll discover.
2: Yeah. So so there you go. That's, that's very interesting. that's
0: not fair. I suppose they're useless against superheroes. I'll put it that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which who isn't exactly. So yeah, yeah. We've pretty much described the cover. It's a Cyclops hunched over and zapping Archon's shield Archon is getting ready to hurl some bolts at Cyclops, and it looks like Colossus, Storm, and Wolverine are knocked out for the count.
0: I wish Wolverine was drooling.
2: And it actually looks like there's a bunch of filing cabinets behind Archon. It's kind of funny. I know. It's weird. <laughs> so let's just uh, let's jump right into this thing, shall we? Oh, the other thing, I guess, now that I've talked about the George Perez-John Byrne thing here— Uh, The other thing is, like, this story does take place between 124 and 125, but the story is designed in such a way that it's basically a jumping-on point for anybody who is interested in the X-Men but hasn't followed all the lore. So there's, like, really very little backstory is important here, and the events of this issue will actually have very little effect on the future of the X-Men.
0: And you can uh, definitely tell that by the fact that they did not reprint this in the classic X-Men run. Exactly. Nothing of importance happens here. <laughs> Pretty much.
2: Um, so so anyway. if
0: you're sick of the podcast, this would be a good one to skip.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is a good jumping off point. <laughs> like, <laughs> eh, nah, I'm done with this podcast. This is a good place to end it. As I said, George Perez is uh, drawing. Terry Austin is uh, inking. Tom Orzachowski is lettering, Glynis Ween is coloring, Roger Stern is editing, and Jim Shooter is the editor-in-chief.
0: Good job with the memorizing of people's names.
2: I know. It's all like initials here, but I, I did it, Adam. I did it.
0: I know. I'm so impressed.
2: There's a bunch of Easter eggs on this first panel. The delivery truck that's delivering newspapers, that's Hembeck Deliveries.
0: Mm-hmm, Fred Hembeck.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the newsstand is in front of Burns drafting equipment. And that's John Byrne. Yeah, that's clever. That's yeah, about the only cameo. I guess There's that's about it.
0: The uh, word "lotter" is cut off with the Y. That's clearly for... Never mind.
2: <laughs> uh, there was a funny name in here. So the newspaper uh, uh, stand owners here, I guess, are Isidore and Ermagerd Uman, which is funny. <laughs> Oh my All right, they're uh, they're the people that do the Sunday newspaper. Oh, exactly, I think that's funny. It's cute. We should we should use that somehow because <laughs> it'll never be used in this issue again. Uh, but basically, what's happening here is um, somebody is getting newspapers delivered, and it's supposed to be a Sunday, very calm day. Not much is going on. Um, the guy who's delivering I mean, the newspaper, he's seen everything, right? He's seen recessions, presidential uh, assassination attempts, moonwalks. He thinks he's seen everything, but not everything because No. Of...
0: It's, a, it's a weird name, Isidore. I, I've never heard a man—I I figured she was Isidore, but she's Ermagerd.
2: Ermagerd. <laughs> Irma, short for Ir- or long for Irma? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: and, and are, long and long for Izzy.
2: Is uh? Are we sure that Isidore is is this guy that's delivering the papers here? Is this Isidore? Yeah. Okay.
0: Because in the third panel, she shouts,
2: "Isidore!" Ah, okay.
0: As a lightning bolt strikes down in front of their newspaper stand, and then appears, he man, <laughs> do 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 do. do.
2: It is definitely He-Man. He-Man if he had a a horned helmet and a shield. But that's about it. Everything else is pretty much He-Man. It's like a cross
0: between He-Man and Conan. Co-Man or (laughs) (laughs) He-Nan.
2: (laughs) He-Nan. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magical lightning bolt and said, Archon! Something like that. Well, so he's back for the third time, I guess. Um, the accursed land of the, of the of the land that he tried to destroy. And he hates this land, too. Is it
0: the third time or is it just his third issue? Because the Avengers one was a two-parter.
2: Was it? I thought I had read that once he came to destroy and I don't know. Maybe it's the second, maybe it's the third. I don't remember.
0: In the comic rack, there is an X-Men comic.
2: Was there? I feel weird about that. Where's... Oh, where's which? Where's the comic rack? Which page?
0: Underneath Archon's legs. Oh, There's right next. X Men, Fantastic Four, Howard the Duck, Conan, and what looks like Eep.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe creepy. Uh, it looks like it's getting past the, the the panel here. You know what I'm saying?
0: I feel like we jumped the shark.
2: Mm-hmm. Already.
0: What does the newspaper say? Avengers save our city? Some more Or area destroyed by Absorbing Man. I wonder if that's a reference to a specific issue.
2: Probably. Maybe that's what's going on in current Avengers continuity. Yeah. So, Ermagurd uh, asks him if he is one of the Fantastical Four. But uh, Isidore says, shut up.
0: We don't want to bother him, do we? It's true. And he completely ignores them and takes off. And they're like,
2: ah, he's walking away.
0: We left him alone. He left us alone. And uh, Archon, yeah, he says, twice have I journeyed to Earth, once to destroy, once to conquer. Now, though it shrivels my soul to do
2: so, I have come to beg. So, yeah, this is his third visit to Earth.
0: So we must
2: have done. Well, the only reason we did Avengers 70, what, 74 and 75 or 75 and 76 was because it featured Toad. So there was another Archon appearance in the pages of the Avengers that we didn't do because we are not the Avengers cast.
0: No, we're not.
2: Nor are we the Archon cast.
0: No, we are not.
2: So he heads out. He totally uh, ignores Irma Gerd and Isidore and heads to the uh, ha- the mansion of the Avengers.
0: Where Jarvis is getting the milk and newspaper.
2: Because this is back in the day when you would get milk deliveries, I suppose. Yeah. Nineteen seventy nine. thinks so. to
0: himself, I can deactivate the defense systems now and see what's new with Funky Winker Bean.
2: When has anybody in the last 20 years wanted to see what's going on with Funky Winker Bean? I
0: think this is just a reference to how lame Jarvis is.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like there was a time in the past where Funky Winker Bean was funny, but now I'm not sure. I don't know what it's about, to be honest.
0: I have no idea. This panel of Jarvis looking at Archon... Uh, Reminds me of Todd McFarlane.
2: Oh, is it really? This, the last panel? Yeah. With the exaggerated, like, chin, multiple chins and lines and stuff going in his face? Yeah. Yeah, Todd McFarlane did have a, a flair for doing that, drawing fat people.
0: Perhaps Todd McFarlane was inspired by George Perez.
2: Sure. I, I don't doubt it. But uh, so Archon, he, uh, I don't know how he got past the defenses, but he did. And he steps on the newspaper that that would contain the Funky Winker Bean comic comic strip and says that he demands to talk to the Avenger known as Thor. You will get me to him without delay.
0: Unfortunately, Thor is out of town. See details in Thor's own mag. And Archon says, Shut up, you! And grabs Jarvis and picks him up and says, I've come so far. He must be
2: here. Seriously. I'll kill you if you don't make him show up. I want to point out, this is another example of like when the character doesn't know who the bad guy is, they refer to the files. Because yeah. Charvis says, I recognize you from the files. You're Archon. I just think that's funny. That'll happen time and time and time again.
0: The Avengers files are quite detailed.
2: Well, I imagine
0: so. I guess the X-Men files are too.
2: Oh, yeah. And you're right. So uh, he is about to just crush uh, Jarvis's larynx. There's a picture of uh, Vision in the background there you see on the wall.
0: Oh, yeah. And it looks like Thor's boot. Is no, it? Uh, Iron Man's boot. I
2: think, yeah, it's Iron Man. And uh, the the um, Vizier, the Grand Vizier, appears to Archon and asks, well, how's your quest going, even though you just got to New York five minutes ago? <laughs>
0: He checks in every five minutes. <laughs>
2: he's, yeah, he's a he's a, he's a micromanager. <laughs> you're doing that thing that I told you to do a few minutes ago? Because when you're done with that, come see me because I have another task for you. Uh, and Archon reports back that the one that they seek is not here. Our planet is doomed. There's nobody else. What are we going to do, Grand Vizier?
0: Not so, my liege. There is one other earthling whose power may yet save us. Open your mind that my power may lead you to her.
2: And we get a vision of a woman. Well, it's, we can tell it's storm. Can we? we? Could tell it was storm. I couldn't tell it's storm. Really, it's clearly storm. It's like a flaming silhouette sort of, and so she's got like the olivey eyes and big, full lips. But other than that, I mean, I don't, you don't see hair. I guess you do see some hair. Well, you see her little collar thing. Yeah, kind of. De- it, she looks like the devil here, or she looks like a a black female Johnny Storm. We know it's Storm, of course, but but I gotta be honest. Like the very first time that I read this, I was like, "Who is this person?" Um, but it becomes obvious it later on as you read the book. So no spoilers.
0: I knew it was Storm.
2: Well, you're smarter than me, Adam. That's true. <laughs> so then we we oh, we turn to page, or I'm sorry, chapter two, which is entitled. Rogue in the house. Ooh, is this the first appearance of someone? Yes. Uh, Rogue no. comes in and absorbs Storm's powers and helps Archon save the planet. The end. That was a good story. Took a real weird turn on me, but uh... nope, nope. It's just uh, it's uh, it's there in the Danger Room. The X Men are and they're fighting a robot.
0: See if you compare this this picture of Storm to this picture of Storm. It's clearly Storm. Uh, She's got the little amulet there. She's got her little
2: white hair. Yeah. Eyes are the same shape. I thought it would have been uh, artistically more um, um, satisfying if, as you turn the page, you get this same picture of Storm, but colored correctly, and Storm, like, shouting out a command, like,
1: Colossus,
2: look out for that robot. He's going to get you. And then, you know, for people like me, you'd be like, oh, it's Storm. Well, where were you when this issue was being created? I don't know. Clearly Chris Claremont did not ask me when I was what what year was this 1979 when I was 3. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so they're in the Danger Room, uh Sean is up in the Danger Room's control room kind of running the running the show and Cyclops is giving orders. Colossus is fighting a robot, Nightcrawler is swinging from a rope, Storm is flying, and Wolverine is slashing at nothing. Well, he's yelling back at at Cyclops. Nice of you to give us a hand, Cyclops. Well, you'd think they would have talked about this earlier, like, okay, X-Men, I'm the leader. I've been an X-Men the longest, so I'm going to test your abilities, so I'm going to stand here and tell you what to do.
0: Well, Wolverine wasn't listening. Oh. He never
2: listens. <laughs> yeah, Clearly.
0: And this is where we learn that this particular day falls between X-Men 124 and 125. So we weren't lying.
2: Yep. Yep. It's true, folks. Uh, and Colossus continues to fight the robot who is bathing him with fire.
0: Mm, nice hot fire bath.
2: Nightcrawler is doing nothing. As usual. <laughs> yep. And uh, St- uh, Colossus punches the robot, but apparently the robot is able to reflect the full strength of Colossus's punch, so Colossus goes flying in the opposite direction. Did you think old Banshee had to set up an easy test, boyo? Now, would it be the sense of that? And uh, Cyclops makes a quip about Colossus, saying. You don't know how to fight, you know how to smash. And if I wanted that in an X-Men, I'd have hired the Hulk.
0: Even though he's not a mutant and he's not for hire.
2: And then and and he Cyclops didn't hire anybody. <laughs> That's true. Cyclops went running back to the Professor like a bitch saying, "The Island ate the X-Men. I need more X-Men. Help me, Professor." Yeah. I went there. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: they continue Banshee notices that Cyclops is not giving orders only advice
2: and uh, he he hopes that he knows what he's doing that's when another trap comes out and uh, starts like doing a counter wind on storm i think this happened in issue 124 or 123 with arcade so she can't really fly or create like a composite air so that she could glide along that so she's having some troubles and she's falling
0: Wolverine tries to rescue her
2: but he gets caught by tentacles popping out of the floor storm continues to fall and she's got lots and lots and lots of time to think about it and talk about it in her mind storm
0: there's no need to panic call yourself. Relax, and you can find a way out of that trap, says Cyclops. But she doesn't, she can't hear him, so she casts a ginormous lightning storm throwing, looks like, I don't know what explodes here, but it looks like something like. I think the danger
2: room explodes. I mean, I think it's like the robot's fine, the tentacles are fine, but I think it's like the the walls of the the danger room explode, hmm. I think. Well, although in the last panel of this page, everything looks fine in the danger room, so I don't know. But uh, anyways, as as the debris goes flying, it it crashes through the control window, sending big shards of stuff at uh, Banshee, who is able to duck out of the way. But he does drop his pipe. <laughs> it's an important detail. And uh, one of the big shards hits the. Oh no! It's hit the main computer, and, uh... which causes
0: the danger room to go nuts
2: crazy there's spiky balls flying everywhere and lasers and fire and i think there might even be more robots but i might be wrong about that
0: iceman creates an ice horse oh
2: wait (laughs) yeah Yeah, beast hurls a bowling ball at him it's It's good funny stuff cyclops
0: calls to banshee to turn everything off but banshee can't because the controls are all shot to blazes I need to use the emergency switch, which is across the room, of course. Nobody can reach it.
2: It's 20, it's 20 feet away. I'd have a better chance of a survival jogging blindfolded through a minefield. Yet last issue, I was able to execute a perfect seven-point angle shot against six different death cars.
0: <laughs> but that uh, wasn't in the danger room.
2: Right, right. This is much more dangerous, so... <laughs> They'll have to maybe use some teamwork or something to go get that switch. Cyclops
0: releases Wolverine from his tentacles, and they do a variation on our Colossus says, now Wolverine, a variation on our fastball special. I throw and you will catch, da.
2: Colossus throws the robot at Wolverine, who says, I hate to disappoint you, Petey, but Wolverine don't catch. He cuts.
0: And then we get a mention of Adamantium claws flash faster than the eye can follow. And one more training robot bites the dust. Do yeah.
2: another one bites the dust. Yeah, that's terrible dialogue. I looked
0: up Adamantium because uh I was curious. Yeah. And uh it's the first mention of Adamantium was Avengers number sixty six from July nineteen sixty nine. Oh, okay. And it's uh Ultron outer ultron's outer shell is the first uh use of adamantium in the marvel universe okay i was curious
2: yeah that's interesting well but that still post dates uh uh captain america's shield so that's true yeah whatever iteration at that point was probably not made out of adamantium right so um they continue to try to take down the traps in the danger room Storm attempts to apologize to Cyclops, who's like, don't worry about it, let's let's talk about that later, let's get that <laughs> off switch, because we're dying. Yeah. Nightcrawler points out that there's no point in him teleporting, so he's going to use his wall-crawling talents to find an alternative, but that's when the wall turns into an oil slick, and he goes sliding upward, according to Colossus.
0: The danger room is ready for everything. Colossus attempts to march over to the... The panel the emergency switch, and he gets launched up into the ceiling with some sort of like spring loaded uh, trap. And then the ceiling also has a spring loaded trap which launch- launches him back towards the floor. And uh, he hits the floor with a mighty kachoom exploding. Cyclops flies far away, and Wolverine says, Hey, this is my kind of rough house, boss. We should do it more often.
2: And that's when Cyclops thinks to himself that it figures that that we are all being pulverized and Wolverine's having the time of his life. But even he can't keep up his pace.
0: But luckily he is now in a different vantage point which enables him to have a better view or angle to to hit the security uh, board with his... With his uh, laser beam.
1: Optic beam.
0: <laughs> Optic blast.
2: Apparently the firing angle earlier was too extreme. But now it's it's okay.
0: I've got to strike with absolute pinpoint accuracy and just the right amount of pressures. Oh, my deadly eyes.
2: He tells Storm to climb because maybe I guess she's in the way. And uh, right. so as she does, he shoots through her legs hitting the button and turning
1: the danger room off. Ooh. Back, my aching head. Am I dead? Is this purgatory?
2: <laughs> and the danger room is definitely wrecked. Oh, yeah.
0: No, overage Kurt. Merely the danger room.
1: I was joking, Peter. Oh.
2: <laughs> and so they all meet up with Banshee. Banshee reports him that he's fine. Cyclops tells everybody that they'll they'll clean this mess up tomorrow. Everybody should just kind of take the day off, rest and and kind of chill out after this this whole ordeal.
0: Storm says she would prefer to be alone and leaves. Cyclops runs to go after her and they have a little conversation where Cyclops changes his goggles to glasses.
2: Well, this is where this is a good example of where it's a perfect jumping on point because We've seen all the action. We've got an introduction of everybody's powers. We know what they can do. Uh, We've even gotten a little bit of information about their personality, and now we get to find out, like, oh, the Cyclops guy has got a limitation. He can't just control his optic beams. He has to do this whole changeover thing. It's long, it's drawn out, but it definitely illustrates the point.
0: There's a painting of Professor Xavier in the background.
2: Mm -hmm. So I, for one, like that. We also get a shot of... uh, Cyclops is go, kind of going in for a comforting hug of Storm, and his, he's pulled his uh, mask and goggles back, so his goggles are resting on the back of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we see that view very often.
0: That's probably a George Perez original that never appeared again.
2: No, I think we see it in the future. I mean, I think people are like, oh, that well, that makes sense. Of course that's how that would have to work. <laughs> But um, anyways, yeah, so the whole point of this is that uh, Storm feels bad for kind of letting loose. Cyclops is wondering if it was his or claustrophobia. So again, we're getting a little bit of personality revealed. Um, and then she's kind of like, well, I like it here and everything, but uh, boy, I really like being in Kenya where I used to use my powers to save people. And I don't really seem to fit in as an X-Man. All I ever seem to do is fight.
0: Our skills are needed.
2: Yeah. Cyclops says that he wishes he had some easy answers for her and stuff like that and blah, blah. So this really reminds me of, like, you know how, like, a television show will sometimes transition up to the movie screen? And then, like, within the first five to seven minutes of the movie, they have to kind of, like, okay, for the people that haven't ever seen the TV show, here's what this is all about. Now let's get on with the plot. That's what this reminds me of. Okay. Which I'm not opposed to that by the way. I think that's a good idea. We also get uh as Storm goes upstairs we get kind of a we know I think we know that she's into plants and I think we know that she has the attic of the mansion mm-hmm. but this one we we definitely get a fully realized uh drawn out version of that attic with all of her plants. I think
0: she's showered them before and herself
2: I think if, if it has, it's only been once, and I think it was like a, a close-up, not, not too many far angles like what we're getting here. Hmm. But
0: She's being spied upon, this time not by Munchkins, <laughs> but by Archon,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who uh, somehow manages to... She says, my skylights are closed and locked, but I guess he manages to get through. Oh. Doesn't really explain how, but well.
2: Yeah, in the third panel, he's like resting on the skylight in the fourth panel he's on the skylight and then yes somehow without breaking through he is now in it's weird
0: yeah he he opens it in the fourth panel but i'm not sure
2: how he opens it if it's locked yeah
0: without making a lot of noise but whatever
2: storm forgot about that one
0: she he grabs her by the throat and says you are coming with me and she says no and launches a miniature hurricane at him. Uh, meanwhile, downstairs we cut back to Cyclops and Banshee uh, listening to the thunder that Aurora is casting, thinking that maybe Aurora is watering her plants. But Cyclops is like, uh, you moron! <laughs> I've never heard it that loud before. I'd better get up there and have her scale things down before her squall damages the house." And uh, he's about to get up from his lazy boy when Archon falls through the ceiling into Cyclops' lap.
2: Good lord! We get a little bit more kind of background about what's going on. Cyclops is thinking that he wishes that Xavier was here or that Jean was still alive, referencing X-Men, what, 113, where they thought she died, to be able to talk and help Storm.
0: They mentioned again, as previously mentioned, this story takes place before X-Men 125.
2: Yes, and uh, well, Cyclops is also thinking that, like, uh, whoa, I've, I've got a lot of nerve giving her advice. I barely understand the inside of my own head, which is the very first thing I thought of as he was giving Storm advice. But eh, they addressed <laughs> it, so can't gripe. But, yes, Archon comes crashing down through the ceiling and says, I'll warn you, one stripling, whatever a stripling is, my mission is urgent, my need desperate get in my way and you'll pay the price in
0: blood cyclops immediately recognizes archon as he saw him on tv years ago he came to destroy the earth but the avengers stopped him that's the ones that we did 75 and 76
2: correct i don't know why you've come back mister or what you want with the x-men but i'll be more than happy to give you what you deserve zark and he gets blasted out the front door into the swimming pool where Colossus was, well, getting ready to do some swimming.
0: Yeah, and uh, hes he doesn't realize that he's a bad guy, so he offers his hand to help him out of the water. But uh, Cyclops immediately runs outside and says, Armor up! This clown's an intruder. I think he may have attacked Storm. Take him.
2: And so we get a two-panel transformation of skin into organic steel and uh well
0: reminds me of sunspot
2: yes he's got the yellow body and the black spots <laughs> hence sunspot i guess <laughs> i don't know but yes definitely another superpowered youth by the gods i've stumbled into a nest of them but face one for a hundred it makes no difference argon will vanquish you all
0: yet wham Colossus hits Archon with a very mighty punch, which apparently throws him completely over the pool and into a
2: tree. Yeah, what a blow. It seems like I've got my work cut out for me this day. I would not wish it otherwise. (laughs) I like fighting.
0: Yes, fighting is fun. He he starts to pull out his uh, little... Lightning bolt arrows, which we've seen before from the previous Avengers issues. It's got red ones and yellow
2: ones. Yep, and he grabs it. Well, Storm, Nightcrawler, and Banshee join, and Wolverine. They all join the fight here. He grabs a red lightning bolt and hurls it at Colossus.
0: His red lightning bolt is coming too quickly to dodge.
2: Arg. Yep, doesn't seem to really do much to Colossus, but Wolverine smashes his shield with his claws. My shield, your claws smashed it, but that's impossible my shield (laughs) yep cyclops shoots his hand
0: which has another arrow in it or a lightning bolt rather
2: nightcrawler decides he's going to be helpful here and he jumps in and grabs archon with his tail to try to pull him backward has he ever done that before nope this is a first Hmm. but uh, archon actually grabs him by the base of his tail and you would think at that point archon would just rip that thing right off (laughs) <laughs> but he doesn't. Uh, he calls him a mis- misanthropic fool. Misanthropic. I don't know what that means. Maybe maybe man with tail. Sure. <laughs> or he's referring to Wolverine. I can't really tell which because Wolverine gets uh, uh, kind of – well, so Archon throws another red bolt, which hits Cyclops, which throws Wolverine also off for a loop.
0: And then he pulls out one of his yellow bolts, which he aims and throws at Storm, which – one instant storm is there, the next she isn't. It's as if a great yawning pit has suddenly opened in five hearts. This terrifying turd of events numbs their souls with a grief that transcends pain and fills their body with rage with a rage that defies
2: description. So I'm going to attempt to describe it
0: <laughs> Murderer says so Nightcrawler as he kicks Archon in the face.
2: Archon is not phased by it and throws a red bolt at a teleporting Nightcrawler, so it misses.
0: Nightcrawler appears on the other side of him. Colossus grabs Archon by the foot and throws him back into the pool and then goes to pick up a tree. And so I've never seen Colossus so angry, and I feel the same only with me. Sonic Power's gone. I can't do a blessed thing to help.
2: Yeah, so Sean's just kind of standing there. His clothes are... Getting ripped up for some reason, but... His shoulder
0: got ripped when Storm unleashed in the danger room.
2: Okay. So only Colossus was able had time to change into his uh, Speedo, huh? Every, right. Everybody else stayed in their danger room garb. Well, Archon was uh, thrown into the water, and in a just amazing uh, display of power, he is able to catapult himself out of the water, feet first, and able to kick Wolverine. Not easy to do. That's an amazing feat if you actually think about what's going on here. And he's able to get up on top of Wolverine, and he is about ready to knock his block off.
0: I am far from beating thy sacred
2: rings of fire. He looks up, and Colossus hits him with a tree, which makes the sound (laughs) crom.
0: And Wolverine makes the sound, jeez.
2: (laughs) Jeez. Since when does a tree make the sound (laughs) crom? crack crash but crom
0: it's quite an impressive panel
2: yeah well yeah it definitely is i mean this
0: colossus is all like stretched out and half the tree smashes into archon
2: his muscles are just rippling and shards of tree are everywhere and it looks like even in the next panel that colossus is not ready to let go of this and it looks like cyclops has to talk him off the ledge That's not what Cyclops is doing, though, but it's just kind of how the panel is drawn. He's like, that did the trick. He's down. He can't hurt him anymore. Let him be. And Nightcrawler goes over and comments that his bones must be as strong as Wolverine's because nothing's broken. And he's unconscious.
0: Archon's fuzzy underwear in this looks just, it just looks silly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it does. Wolverine threatens to kill him, uh, to kill Archon, that is. Uh, And I guess Archon, if he. Oh, wait. Yeah, he is conscious. I don't know. He's not unconscious. He's conscious. Yeah. I misspoke. But uh, so he is awake and he says, Do your worst. I have done my duty for my people and my world. I am
0: prepared to die. Why did you come here, Archon? Why attack the X Men? What did you want with Storm? Archon isn't going to answer, and they they try to threaten him. They realize that there are yellow and red arrows and that uh, Cyclops remembers from the newsreel that uh, some of the atomic scientists that had disappeared in the same manner came back eventually, and therefore maybe Storm is okay?
2: Maybe. But during this whole kind of like back and forth about the lightning bolts, uh, Cyclops has actually got Wolverine threatening to kill Archon, uh, but there's a little back and forth between Sean and him, like, oh, is it a bluff, Psych? Of course. Does Wolverine know that? So they're definitely trying to establish to Archon that, like, look, we might have a code of ethics as heroes, but Wolverine doesn't. So you better tell us what we need to know. But Cyclops thinks better of that, decides that, well, if Archon doesn't tell us, then Cyclops is going to, then Wolverine's going to kill him. So let's just try to throw these yellow bolts on the ground and see what happens. Well,
0: he t- takes a big risk and figures the yellow yellow bolts might take them to wherever Storm is, and uh, leaves Sean behind since he doesn't have his powers, and the the five of them, including Archon, uh, disappear. Which brings us to Chapter Three: Land of Shadow, Dawn of Death. Dawn of. Death.
2: Death. I'm surprised no movies have been named Dawn of Death. Seems like a good horror movie title.
0: For anybody out there who makes movies.
2: Dawn of Death. So anyways, yes, uh, psych, it worked, Wolverine says. They show up in the middle of a, I don't know, a large ballroom or something filled with barbarian looking guys.
0: Sure are a lot of stairs in this room.
2: There are a lot of stairs, a lot of statues, a lot of pillars the the there's like a dragon handrail with spikes which seems to me to kind of defeat the purpose of a handrail but whatever to each their own <laughs> if you need a handrail then you deserve to be cut on it real men don't use handrails
0: there's no way to there's no way to slip up on this handrail cuz you are attached firmly by the spikes
2: so, yeah, there's a, and it's a full-page spread of uh, everything that's going on here. So we'll go to the next page. and uh,
0: I sure hope whoever's in charge here speaks English. I'm Cyclops, leader of the X-Men. Archon, your Priion, is our prisoner. We'll exchange him for the woman you kidnapped. A life for a life now.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, Imperion, that's like his species. Like we're human, he's Imperion, I think. Well,
0: I think it's his, his, his role. Oh like he, he's the imperion of these people. Okay.
2: All right. The
0: Arconians No, I don't
2: know. <laughs> the Arconians. And uh so like a big guy with uh he looks like a dwarf kind of guy with a big beard and horned helmet. He's the Vizier. What are we to do? And the Vizier's like, "Ah, oh, we got the female, so
0: Yeah, there's nothing we can do. We we have no choice. We we choose the female over then and Archon jumps in and says, you will not give her up, Graybeard. Hear me and obey. Warriors, attack, and then we get it all out. Action, spread, and fighting, and slashing, and axing, and cyclopsing, and stuff.
2: It's a battle royale. I really like this sword. There's like a like a mini two-page spread in the middle of the page, and there's a sword that's a blade with spikes on it. That's that's pretty crazy. It looks like it would it would hurt somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet it's like I bet it's got a motor in it too, and it goes back and forth.
2: Exactly.
0: Nightcrawler on the right-hand side of that long panel just disappears.
2: Yeah, the vizier—he uh, heads off into the shadows as well. He's going to head up to the temple and complete the spells as quickly as he can. I will do my best, old friend. Do what you must, vizier, as long as you survive, says Greybeard. He takes a torch and heads down the staircase, and it
0: turns out that he is being followed by Nightcrawler, who is using his uh, shadow power.
2: Yep, to make himself invisible to follow the vizier, which is still
0: around i I didn't realize it lasted this long
2: yeah neither neither, i mean as hard as they tried to cover it up in uh classic x-men it's 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 everywhere yeah Uh, meanwhile they continue to fight cyclops he wants more room so he shoots at some pillars to i don't know open up the roof or something or
0: well uh wolverine gets a scent for uh where storm is okay as he, you know, he finds an exit, so Cyclops blasts the pillar to bring the ceiling down on the barbarians so that they can escape.
2: Cyclops comments to himself that he barely pulled off that stunt, and at the rate he's been using his optic blasts, it won't be long before they're so weak he won't be able to hurt a fly. And then, then the, in the next panel, he continues to shoot somebody. So he's not really doing a good job conserving his powers. <laughs> he shoots a couple of flies just to test the power. Flies are like, what the hell was that? Archon is picking up some pillars because apparently he was trapped underneath the rubble. Uh, I guess both him and Greybeard. So they discuss that they're going to have to head to the secret passages.
0: That will take too long.
2: Yeah, Archon doesn't like like the idea of the secret passages. So kind of weird that they threw that in there.
0: Yeah, because I think ultimately they do take the secret passages. The X-Men run headlong into an army. Of it's got it's a dude with a tank.
2: Yeah, it didn't take a lot, very long for them to mobilize this army.
0: This is, oh, this this army all has guns and stuff. The previous army just had swords. <laughs> I know.
2: Well, that's weird. They've got a tank, guns, and then some of them have shields and swords, and and, and there's a big kangaroo-like creature at the f- foreground.
1: Oh yeah, oh.
2: Going. Rrr. And uh, well, meanwhile, the vizier is walking away from the city. Where he sees big explosions and such, and he's riding what looks like a dewback
0: oh yeah he it's the same creature well it's it's a, the same type of creature, I guess
2: yeah, it does look like it.
0: He's still being followed by night crawler uh the vizier thinks to himself about how he hates how it's night all the time now it's 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 stinky
2: it's part of the natural order of things, I hate it. I yearn for our eternal, all-embracing light. I
1: didn't want to leave the others, thinks Nightcrawler. Even though I'm not much good at that kind of king-sized Donnybrook. What the hell does that mean? What's a Donnybrook?
0: Yeah, he's not good at fighting in a large
2: amount of people.
1: But Sykes said I had the best chance of finding Storm.
2: <laughs> so, yes, he's following the vizier to the fortress, as Nightcrawler calls it.
0: The vizier enters the fortress and bumps into a blonde woman who wants to take her to, uh, take him to Storm. Uh, Nightcrawler continues. They talk about how uh, Storm has to die, it's, which is unfortunate. Neither of them want her to die, but it's the only choice
2: they have. And apparently Storm and then, has accepted this fate and she's okay with it.
0: And then we uh Nightcrawler gets sees Storm and realizes that he's uh she's been dressed in these barbarian clothes and uh the whole new outfit for Storm.
2: Yeah, it's sexy. It is. It is
0: it is quite nice.
2: It's it's well, and it's not very barbarian like. I mean, it's very form fitting, it's not very I would say it's like goddess-like or something. Definitely, definitely goddess-like. You got like some golden high-heeled shoes. Yeah, it's,
0: it's very awkward.
2: <laughs> golden chain sort of, I don't even know what you would call that top thing. But the cleavage portion goes all the way down past her belly button. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Ridiculous.
2: But uh, she's like, as you wish, Vizier, do not be afraid. I will do what must be done. One thing I wanted to point out, though, there there seemed to be, like, a change in dialogue in Storm. And I didn't mention it earlier, and I should have. But earlier in the comic, she was using a lot of contract, contractions, like don't, I'll, wouldn't, etc. But from here on out, she speaks more proper as we know her to speak. I will do what must be done. Do not be afraid. I didn't notice. It is my life to give. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was on purpose uh, or... If somewhere halfway along the line, uh, Chris was like, "Ooh, boy, yeah, she's kind of speaking sloppily. Hmm. But anyways.
0: Nightcrawler realizes that Storm is willing to give her life, but he doesn't understand why. So he grabs her cape, which she has taken off, and attempts, in order, in order to get Storm to shoot out some lightning bolts, he wraps her head around, or he wraps the, her cape around her head. With luck, the element of surprise plus Aurora's fear of confinement should produce a pretty spectacular reaction, which he hopes will bring the X-Men to where they are.
2: And it does, she says, whoever you are and blasts with a bunch of lightning until she realizes that, no,
1: no, Nightcrawler, what have I done?
2: Yeah, and that's when Wolverine looks up from fighting with the barbarians to see the lightning show and says, I think I found Storm.
0: And then he says, huh?
2: Way to go, Colossus.
0: And then in the next panel, Colossus is riding a dragon.
2: A flying dragon, no less. With, is it just four legs? Yeah, it's just four legs. For a second there, it looked like six, but just four. So the X-Men climb aboard the flying dragon to hitch a ride to where the lightning show is. Hey, wait for me. Cyclops then thinks that, well, I'm pretty much done with my optic blast. I've never felt so completely drained. There's no sun in the sky, no solar energy to replenish my eye beams. That's important, kind of. It's true.
1: Psych, like, you okay? That
2: last blast looked pretty... Holy. Look at that fortress. Am I freaking out? You are
0: freaking out. Oh, no. no.
2: <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't have dropped those acid that Archon gave you. Those acid. <laughs> All right, anyways, (laughs) excuse me. So Storm, she flies out and she says, Go back, my friends. You may be harmed. This tempest is almost out of my control.
0: They start to discuss what's going on with Storm. And uh, eventually Cyclops uh, gets the backstory from Archon about how Archon's planet is uh, given light constantly by some special energy rings that circle the planet. Eventually, their energy rings dissipated. And then in Avengers uh, 675 and 76, Thor was able to create a device to rebuild uh, the energy beams. And, uh, but then that broke. And even though they, they got it fixed, it, they weren't able to get it powered. So uh, now Cyclops comes up with a plan. Because if he knows that if Storm is to power this thing, um, she's going to probably die. So he comes up with an alternative plan, and they go on an adventure to find Thor.
2: (laughs) The funny thing about this whole explanation thing is that prior to that big explanation, uh, Cyclops is like, Aurora, why? And Storm is like, I cannot explain. There is no time. Please trust me, Cyclops, and go. And that's when Archon launches into a very long story about his (laughs) plans. That's true. I didn't notice that. (laughs) Clearly there was a little bit of time but yes they they decide that they're going to get Thor um, and it doesn't work, and the planet dies. It's very sad. it is very sad it's very anticlimactic too now the the plan is this that uh Colossus will hold storm as she to ground her from electrical current, so that all of the electrical current that she's going to generate can be shot into Cyclops, who will then store that energy. And then at a time that Wolverine says, he will let that power go.
0: Meanwhile, Nightcrawler and Wolverine are also uh,
2: recalibrating
0: the machine to accept optic blasts instead of lightning, which I found sort of ridiculous.
2: (laughs) It's totally far-fetched, because this is a machine that Iron Man built, who's a brilliant electronics person, right? Right.
0: And supposedly Nightcrawler uh, got some lessons from Banshee about uh, about electronics.
2: Yeah, and Nightcrawler doesn't turn around and be like, Yeah, Wolverine, uh, we went to Radio Shack and uh, Banshee <laughs> bought a little transistor radio that we soldered together. That, I can't do anything but that.
0: But, you know, because this is like the ultimate teamwork issue, Nightcrawler, who is able to understand the device, isn't able to get his big fingers in, so he has to tell Wolverine what to do. So everybody's used Mm -hmm. quit griping, crawler, just tell me what to do, and prove Banshee wasn't wasting his time teaching you electronics.
2: Now this reminds me a little bit of the issue 65, was it? When they blew the Xenox planet away from Earth. Remember that? Mm -hmm. They used a very similar strategy with Polaris and Cyclops and yeah, it
0: reminded me of that too. Okay.
2: And so Cyclops, uh, when, when they when Wolverine and Nightcrawler get the machine working to accept optic blasts, he fires he does he fire at the machine <clears throat> the machine or does he fire at the sun?
0: No, he fires at the machine. Hmm. Because he needs to power the machine.
2: Hmm. As the beam of pure white light leached by all of its normal ruby color by the awesome power it manifests crosses the few feet of space separating Cyclops from the device and establishing the final light in the arcane circuit, Storm calls more lightning. So, all right, you're right. So Cyclops is acting as like a circuit, I guess, and or a conductor. I don't know. This whole thing is pretty far-fetched.
0: <laughs> Basically, Cyclops is powering the device. Which then recreates the rings using Storm's lightning.
2: Yes. Praise be to the gods, we have light. Our live our world will
1: live. Hooray. Yay.
2: What of the X Men, Adam? Are they dead? What about what of Archon? Well, we go to the next page and Greybeard is heading over
0: to where the palace temple was, and uh it looks there's a panel with where it looks like everybody is dead.
2: Oh man. By all that's holy. It is a <clears throat> it's an entire mountain that's covered with bodies which look dead.
0: There's some X-Men in there. There's some um, Arconians. Arconians.
2: <laughs> and Greybeard comes up and says, Oh Archon, my lord Imperium, would that I had died in your place? And Archon
0: responds, a generous offer, old friend, but also thankfully quite unnecessary.
2: He's alive! It's a miracle! And everybody gets uh, polished up, bathed, and dressed in new clothes. A big party and celebration is thrown in Archon capital.
0: <laughs> uh, it looks like Cyclops is wearing Colossus's outfit.
2: It does. And it
0: also looks like Wolverine is dressed like a moron.
2: No, it looks like he's dressed like some leather stripper. Yeah, it's
0: it's 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 terrible. He's got like these boots that go up to his almost his thighs.
2: <laughs> he's wearing like underwear and then he's got like this little chest thing that's going on. It looks like he shows up at a party. And he's like, "Did any of you ladies call the police?" And then he <laughs> whips his clothes off and he's got this. and He just starts dancing around to Ace of Base.
0: Not a good look for Wolverine.
2: No, not not really.
0: Interesting that everybody's got a barbarian outfit, but Storm has now got her third outfit of the issue, which is
2: just a dress. A long, flowing blue dress. And uh, Archon thanks everybody and uh, invites—apparently they've been here for a while, like for tons of feasting and celebrations. Uh, But now it's time to go back. But before that, Archon says, like, you could stay and we could conquer things. And they say,
0: Nah. (laughs)
2: You don't really want to conquer anything, you know.
0: Conquest really isn't in the X-Men's line of work. And then Storm makes a joke, which isn't very funny. Oh, I don't know, Scott. Wouldn't you like to be the first barbarian to wear horn-rimmed
2: glasses? Ha <laughs> He's uh, not even wearing horn-rimmed glasses, for God's <laughs> sakes. As you wish, X-Men. My dimensional transport bolts brought you to the world, and they shall send you home again. What a pity. See you later. Finn.
1: <laughs> yep
2: last panel is kind of a rip off it's just like a little energy blast so that was uh, x-men annual number three also in the in the marvel masterworks uh, the the little introduction written by chris claremont goes on to say that as a part of the annual he wanted to do something more with storm because up until this point she really hasn't done much but i gotta be honest like this issue doesn't really do a whole lot for storm in my opinion, no,
0: it, it doesn't, and it, and I feel like they're going to tell this story over and over again with trying to figure out what to do with Storm. It's it, the next the next one that I'm thinking of is the Dracula one, which is sort of again, yeah, this similar type of story. But
2: that that one, I think she actually gets possessed, but I don't quite remember. But yeah, it and actually Chris Claremont says that in there, like uh, she this is like the template for setting up like villainous desire of Storm. Mm. So or unattainable villainous desire or something like that. So you're right. But whatever. This was the first time. So there you go. It's the original. Um, yeah. So what did you think of that issue, Adam? Do you like that one?
0: Uh, I mean, I, it's, I don't like annuals, to be honest. Really? They're never they're never important. I mean, I like your take on it that they're kind of a good first issue for people and that they don't really matter. Right. I like that that way of thinking about it, but ultimately, it, you don't need to read it. And if if you're like if you're like you or I, you can it's something you can just skip over. But
2: well, but not necessarily. I mean, this this particular one, you're right. You could have totally skipped it, and you would have never missed anything. But there's a few annuals that are coming up that will either introduce a villain or introduce a character. That's not... Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, of course. I mean, annuals are... are, They're a mixed bag, but I would say the the majority of them are not great.
2: So I always liked uh, annuals when I was collecting comic books because it was like one extra story, um, one extra story of the X-Men. And you're right. I mean, most of it happens. It doesn't really matter inside or outside of continuity. Like, for example... Uh, when when they went from the Fall of the Mutants, like right after that they had an annual. But the annual featured them at the mansion with Captain Britain in a story that didn't really matter, but it was definitely way out of continuity of the whole Fall of the Mutants thing. But I still liked it. I, th- I still thought it was a good story. The things that really bothered me on annuals was when they got to the whole like evolutionary war or the Atlantis strikes or falls or whatever you would it was have called.
0: to buy like four annuals and
2: it was more than it was like every annual it was like some 10 annuals stuff that you didn't collect and stuff like that i mean obviously that's what they were trying to do is like follow this story and then maybe you'll get hooked on spider-man and fantastic four and avengers but to me that's like totally like defeats the purpose of the annual the annuals, like here is a nice big story for you but
1: well,
2: anyways they tried some different stuff yeah, that's true, I suppose. I mean, they even admit in this one that this was just to try to garner some Avengers fans to come over and, and start reading X-Men. So,
1: there you go.
0: Using Archon? Shouldn't they have used the Avengers?
2: Well, they it does say that they, they they hope to attract Avengers fans by featuring an Avengers villain, which, you're right, now, in retrospect, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because it's not even like it's Ultron or some other major Avengers f- uh uh, villain it's archon right (laughs) so i don't know
0: maybe archon was insanely popular what do we know
2: yeah or maybe there's a bunch of jarvis fans are like oh jarvis is in this issue (laughs) well man i gotta pick it up so anyways uh we got some feedback on the uh uh itunes page some
0: we have 52 ratings now we're climbing
2: oh yeah climbing the charts We get a posting by KirbyFan33, who says that he loves this podcast. He loves how you and I discuss his favorite X-Men comics. If this podcast was a woman, he would make love to the podcast every night and not even pressure her for uncomfortable things like he does (laughs) to lesser podcasts. In fact, if this podcast was a woman... She would be so fine that he would. Uh, I can't even read the rest. So, folks, <laughs> this look if you if you want uh, the surprise of this review that Kirby Fan Thirty Three and I've I've cleaned it up some. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's true.
0: I'm impressed.
2: <laughs> you will you will go out uh, to iTunes and you will go to Danger Room Podcast uh, and you will find the posting or the the review entitled "Sweet Sweet X Men Podcast" and you can read what he would do to the fine woman that our podcast would be. So, and while you're there reading that, and maybe you're either disgusted and repulsed by the repugnancy of the post or you're laughing because it's so funny, either way, doesn't matter, you could leave your own five star review. And maybe, well, you don't have to try to top Kirby Fan 33. I actually appreciated it, but I feel like if people try to top it, it's just going to get bad. So <laughs> maybe this one stands on its own and the rest of you just, you know, you know just say just five stars or oh, this is a good podcast or whatever. But, anyways, thank you, Kirby Fan 33. I I definitely appreciated the uh, the review you left there.
0: I did too. Thank you for <laughs> listening and uh, appreciating uh, what we do here at Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast.
2: My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. Anything else? Did we get any, any other massages? I don't think so. Oh, well, it's it's a Kirby Fan 33 night.
0: Yeah, it's true.
2: You can also leave us feedback at www.facebook.com forward slash Danger Podcast, or you can email us at podcast at gmail.com, or you can visit us at XMenPodcast.com, and you can see all the episodes there. You can see the panels. You can uh, post a little comment on one of the episodes, your favorite episode if you prefer, or you can go and follow us at Danger Room Go. Um, I think that's about it. Isn't it, Adam?
0: Uh, you can check us out on Stitcher, and you can give us a call. Oh, yeah. It's, we haven't gotten any calls lately. Boy, we sure need some calls.
2: What was that number? Was it 501-GET-X-MEN? I think so. Yes, 501-GET-X-MEN. 501-GET-X-MEN. Leave us a voicemail. Surprise us, for God's sake. That thing hasn't gotten any love. Although the last person to use it said that it was a Christmas message from 2012. So maybe we need to update it ourselves. Hmm. Yeah.
0: wonder if anybody called us around Christmas and got our Christmas message. It would have been timely then. It, it would
2: have worked. So anyways, um, yeah, so let's just jump in. There's no classic X-Men story to talk about this week, uh, but that won't stop us from continuing on to talk about material.
0: No, instead we're going to do uh... – a Nightcrawler story from Bizarre Adventures number 27.
2: Yes. Uh, and this is written by, by Mary Jo Duffy. And... Yes, it
0: is written by Mary Jo Duffy and drawn by Bob Layton. Or no, it's drawn by Dave Cockrum. It's written by Mary Jo Duffy and Bob Layton, and yeah, the script okay. is by Mary Jo Duffy. art is by Dave Cockrum and Ricardo Villamonte.
2: Was Bob Leighton ever an artist? I have no idea. Okay, because that that whole liner note there that that confused me too. I was like, oh okay. Oh, and Dave Cockrum's here too. Oh, the whole gang's here. Yep, there are three stories in this issue, um, Bizarre Adventures number twenty-seven. But we're just going to do the Nightcrawler, which is the third story.
0: This is a this is a black and white issue, which is interesting. It is. It's called. Uh, it's titled "Show Me the Way to Go Home."
2: And so. Do we, where do you, I mean, I don't know if it tells us, but do you know where in continuity this falls?
0: This falls uh, directly after what we just read. Okay. The annual number three.
2: Okay. So uh,
0: although, although there's nothing like concrete to, to point it out, um, the only reason that we can really determine that is because Jean Grey and, you know, Professor X are not in this issue. Correct.
2: Correct. So it could be right before Annual Three. Yeah, it could. So, but whatever. So the X Men are at the mansion and they're watching a movie. They're watching Zorro, to be precise. And uh, Nightcrawler is super into it. He's eating his his smoot chips, um, yeah, <laughs> whatever those are. Smoot. Uh, Storms there. Colossus is there. Colossus is like snickering. And Wolverine. No,
0: listen. He he. he er, listen. He says it is so interesting. Yeah,
2: but it looks, I mean, the way he's drawn, it looks like he's got, he's snickering, like, oh, 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 that's Zoro, he is so interestingly funny. I think
0: he's really into
2: it. Oh, definitely. He is definitely into it, but I don't know if there, I've not seen Zoro in many, many, many years, but it seems like the way he's drawn, he's like hit a funny part. Like, not like a full out laughter, but like a, "Oh, oh, oh, that's funny.
0: I want to know why Wolverine is waving to us.
2: Well, Wolverine, he's drinking his beer, and he's like, "Ah, I don't understand why you're watching this thing. You, you've you seen it so many times. You know all the dialogue. And the, the hero acts like such a wimp. He's like, ah, oh, pshaw, this ain't nothing.
0: Do you know all the dialogue to any movies?
2: Um, I know a lot of dialogue to Star Wars. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Too. <laughs> but it's not like I could sit here and like do it with you. Like The movie would have to be playing, and I could probably go along with maybe 70, 75% of it.
0: Yeah, i am probably the same way.
2: There's probably some other movies. Like, oh, I like, um, you ever see True Romance with Christian Slater? Like, that's probably another one I could go along with. That's a great movie. I've seen it many times. I like that movie a lot. We should do a
0: podcast where we just try to remember all of the dialogue
2: of Star Wars. (laughs) Without the movie playing? Without the movie playing. Oh, man. That might be rough.
0: It would be so entertaining.
2: It'd be like, wait, no. Wait, that's not what he says there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You could try that, I suppose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let us know, fans, if you want to hear this.
2: The X-Men podcast takes a sudden turn and does a Star Wars reenactment podcast. Anyways, so, uh, yes, yeah, so they continue talking about uh, Zoro. Colossus likens it to the proletariat of uh, heroes of the native Russia.
0: Hmm. And then Cerebro goes off. Vree- but Storm, Cerebro, is the only machine the professor uses to locate other mutants. It never made a noise like that before.
2: Again, this is, like, I don't, I've never read a Bizarre Adventures other than this particular story in a Bizarre Adventures, so it seems to me like this is also kind of like, I don't know, retcons or jumping on and off points or whatever, because... It,
0: yeah, this it, does seem like a jumping on point.
2: Because Storm is like, it sounds like Cerebro, and that's when Colossus does his, whoa, Cerebro is a mutant hunting device.
1: In Let me you tell you what Cerebro is. Exactly. And so they
2: go uh, to find out what the what the cause is. Uh Nightcrawler teleports ahead and uh he says that uh it's amazing. Cerebro says that there is half a mutant in a place called Poughkeepsie.
1: Is there really is there really such a place with that sort of name? Unglaublich. And so they travel out to Poughkeepsie. Have any of these new
2: X Men actually had a chance to use Cerebro? Uh, I
0: feel like Cerebro was at least mentioned at some point.
2: Oh, I'm sure it was mentioned, but you know, like at least in like the older issues, like you know, there there would be like, what, remember Cyclops? Like, well, I'm just sitting here watching Cerebro. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> yeah. fine. Like, there hasn't been. I feel none of that. So. It, I don't know. This seems to be like the first time one of these new X-Men's like, "Oh, this is Cerebro. This is how it works. And oh, look, there's a mutant over there." Yeah. But whatever. Anyways, so they they head off to Poughkeepsie, And what are they flying in?
0: That's a good question. Some random uh fantastic car or something.
2: <laughs> it it almost looks like it could be that old Sentinel car that they stole from like issue 45 or 46. You Remember yeah, that thing? Maybe. Does it make any other appearance than this one panel? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, they show up in a fantastic car, and they discover that the Vanisher is half in a teleport and half out of a teleport.
0: Now, this is very timely because I think like a two episodes or three episodes ago, I did the last issue of champions or maybe it was the last
2: episode. i think it was the last
0: episode and um it was revealed well i'll just read it rather than try to explain it months ago after his defeat at the hands of the now disbanded champions team the vanisher tried to escape by his own style of teleportation the heroine Darkstar stopped him literally halfway using her mysterious power the dark force Ooh. at long last miles away the rest of the vanisher has reappeared so presumably the other half of him is still in the champion's uh, champs building or whatever it's called.
2: It's funny, though, like in the Marvel Universe, when 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 the dialogue says months ago, I mean, that literally could be like 100 issues ago. Right. So we, it, it may just be that Gene is th- this could actually be post Dark Phoenix for all we know.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on when the Vanisher next appears.
2: Oh, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you could triangulate it using that. Honestly, I mean, not that I follow the Vanisher, but the next appearance I'm aware is somewhere in X-Factor. But I'm sure he appears somewhere else before then, maybe. I does not know. Yeah. So anyways, um, they see him stuck in a teleport. And uh, Nightcrawler decides that he's going to touch him. Be careful,
0: Nightcrawler.
2: Don't touch him. But I only want to. It seems like such a stupid idea, right?
0: (laughs) Well, it's it's weird that Nightcrawler wants to touch him. It doesn't make any sense.
2: Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. You'd think you'd want to get some analytical gear. But then as I'm thinking about it, like you don't have a beast or a professor here. You have no smart people on the X-Men right now that could be like, hang on. Let's do an analysis real quick. But what is it
1: that Nightcrawler only wants to do? Uh, he probably only wants to help. So when I first read it, it, was like, I'm a teleporter and he's a teleporter. We teleporters need to stick together.
2: <laughs> but he doesn't necessarily know that the Vanisher is a teleporter, unless he looked through the files on the way there and their little... I'm sure they looked through uh, the files. <laughs> and they, while they were flying around in there, I mean... I don't know. They flew from the mansion to Poughkeepsie in a fantastic car, so they had plenty of time.
0: Well, they didn't know it was the Vanisher until they got there, so oh. between getting there and landing, they must have looked up the files. They looked at all of the mutant files. Because somebody said, it looks like the Vanisher, and then everybody like, let's look him up as we land. Oh, there you go.
1: Oh, he's a teleporter. I'd like to touch him. <laughs> when do you get a chance for one teleporter to touch another teleporter? I tell you, Cyclops, When? When it going to be my time. Well, you take two mutants
0: who are teleporters at a low density energy field of unknown origins and stand back. Bamf. It's there's an enormous bamf that appears miles away on the other side of town. It's it's ginormous. That
2: is a huge bamf. It's like a nuclear bamf.
0: And then we get a two-page spread of Nightcrawler and uh vanisher traveling through some sort of dark force thing and they're like what's going on and uh vanisher said how should i know and vanisher's got like a, his costume's gone now and all of a sudden he's got like this kind of star system body just
2: kind of interesting and i for one i'm not a fan of it like why isn't he wearing a stupid looking cowl thing What I do like about this panel is as they're zooming through whatever they're zooming through, they're zooming through various probabilities uh, of realities that they could have been in. One of which is uh, Nightcrawler as a duck and Vanisher as a mouse. The other ones, I think they're like robots. And then there are two women in another one. And what are they on the left, though? That I don't know. Maybe kids? Kids? Is that,
0: yeah, I was wondering if that's kids or something.
2: Yeah, that one doesn't seem to make as much sense.
0: Although, Vanisher doesn't look like a kid, but Nightcrawler kind of does.
2: I want to follow the story of the duck and the mouse. Like, that seems like it would be a good story. Me too. They should have launched a series based on
0: that. It's too bad there wasn't any color. I'd like to know what color that duck is.
2: (laughs) Is it a blue duck? Sure, it's it's a mallard. (laughs) So, they then appear in some kooky land... They are now
0: split up, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nightcrawler is gets uh, a meeting with several women.
2: Yeah. Also, in the background, there's a large Ooga sound. Oh yeah, yeah. I just noticed that. Yeah. And there's, there looks like there's tentacles, but I think that's just landscaping. Yeah, it's just landscaping.
0: It's a weird alien land. The women approach that approach Nightcrawler think that he's really cute. And they ask him if he wants a job such as a god or king, and they've got an opening for one.
2: Did you ever read Mad
1: Magazine? Yeah, this
2: is
0: exactly what this (laughs) reminds me. I was going to say that. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's black and white, or maybe because this whole uh,
2: episode or story is kind of silly. I don't know. The drawings do it for me, and it's partially the black and whiteness, but it's also partially how the women are drawn.
0: Yeah, and the Vanisher too. Not yeah. so much Nightcrawler, but
2: no, Nightcrawler looks fine. He looks like he should be in a Marvel comic, but pretty much every yeah, yeah, you're right. The Vanisher too. They all look like they're character characters of something. Um, I mean, the
0: Vanisher kind of reminds me of Alfred E. Newman.
1: No, kind of, kind of.
2: So Nightcrawler is tempted by this idea of becoming a god king, but. Uh, he decides that, well, I he needs to go. So he, he's about to teleport away, but instead of making his traditional bamf noise, he makes a poot noise.
0: Poot? You'll have to go poot?
1: I went poot! I didn't go bamf! I didn't teleport! I'm trapped here! Oh, oh, whoa, oh, it's me!
2: <laughs> and then we go over to the vanisher, and in the background we hear an aroo! And some more women come and see him, and they're like,
1: would you like to be our god king?
2: There's also a meep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the women are kind of like, well, he's awfully small, but uh, they're like, well, beggars can't be choosers. Let's make the most of him. And Vanisher freaks out, and we
0: get kind of a uh, comedic version of Vanisher where he's all... Goofy, and, uh, I will brook no familiarity or threats or attempts to hurt me. If you dare to tempt my wrath, I'll, I'll put. I don't get and it. He, he wasn't able to teleport either, but since he's wearing this weird dark force, dark farce star cloak, he pulls a sword out of his costume, but he is unable to sustain the power of the, uh, the dark star, and, uh, and then he starts juggling the 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 things, the uh, the, the whatever it is that the sword turns into
2: the dark star material or whatever.
0: What's more, this stuff is great for getting laughs at parties. <laughs>
2: Mother, he thinks. So the women take him back to uh, wherever they're going and say, "Well, you'll don't come with us. You'll enjoy godhood. The working conditions are great." And uh, one of the women's like, "I don't get it." Another woman says, "Doesn't matter. He won't last long. They never do." So we flip over to Nightcrawler, and he is—he's living it up. There's women dancing all over the place, and serving him food and drink, and hanging on him. And they're—they're uh, they're talking about, well, there's no males native to this planet, and we have to keep the population up. Surely you can understand the classic cravings of the primitive culture for religion. I don't know what that means, but uh,
0: well, that's why they uh, keep him as a god because. Oh, sure. They need to keep up their religion Uh, He comments that every man Who lands here uh, They make into a god And um, they talk about the high Turnover rate And uh, Nedcrawler asks "Where Where do they Come from, where do they go And someone says, I bet the oracle Knows Do you have an oracle? No, I'd like to see that So they take him to the oracle Across the lands and we get another Ooga And we get a squeak, squeak, squeak. There's there's lots of uh, noises going on. Mm, It's very loud. What are all those sounds? Nightcrawler asks. And they ignore him.
2: Yep. And they say, oh, the Oracle Cave's over here. So they walk over to the cave, and the cave actually says Oracle. I'd never have guessed. This is another thing that's kind of Mad Magazine-esque it's like, it's, it's right very there. Silly. Oh yeah, I,
0: I never would have guessed. Oh. Especially when they go inside to visit the Oracle and it turns out it's a little old woman on a TV. Yep. There's nothing wrong with your set, says the TV. And then she shows up and says, Well, Junior, what are you staring at? Say something. Cat got your tongue?
2: Um, um, Knitting, um, she's a little old lady. Uh, She is Sehu. Toughest old oracle you'll ever meet, and if you give me any grief, I'll put such a curse on you, you'll wish you were never born. Is it is that a U or a V? I thought it was Sev, but I guess you could be right. It I don't Sam. know. Sev sounds better than say you, so whatever. <laughs> Sev what, Sev
0: it is. Uh, I don't know. You could be right. Uh, she shows him that he needs to go jump in the volcano in order to get back to his Uh, world but in order to make it work properly he cannot leave with anything more than he came with or anything less than he came with meaning he's got to find the vanisher
2: right they're at the center of time it exists in every reality what you might call universal and it sucks all kinds of junk out of dimensional warps and dumps it here like you Jump through that and you're home free. So, I guess presumably other men have jumped or ended up here through warp holes, and that's how the women maintain their population.
0: Nightcrawler accepts that and goes to leave, but then she says, Not so fast, Gainsborough, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. One more thing before you bug out some free advice. This is a great dimension, but it has a few drawbacks. If you're smart you watch your tail till you get home safely.
1: Was was she just trying to throw a show off sending me off with that portentous note? Was there really something wrong here? Meanwhile, interesting.
2: Meanwhile, uh Vanisher, he is living it up. He's got diamonds and jewels and vases and women and other valuables and he's wondering if there's a place he can fence all this material, which whatever. Uh, the caption says,
0: days later and miles away.
2: And uh, he is, the caption, suppose you're a petty thug, a little man with a unique talent that's always been put to evil uses. Suppose you were granted godhood, what would you do? Ah, well, some habits are hard to break, inferring that he's taking advantage of his situation. But then Nightcrawler shows up, and uh, Vanisher's little golden helmet pops off of his head very comedically. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's only you. You scared me half to death. How did you pull off that stunt, uh, appearing out of the shadows anyway?
0: Another reference to Nightcrawler's shadow's ability. Mm -hmm.
2: What?
1: What? That old trick? I've been doing it for years.
2: (laughs) Uh, he's been looking for him. I need to go back to Poughkeepsie, and I can't get there without you, so let's go. And Vanisher's like, I don't want to go. Girls, help save me. And that's when he throws a vase at Nightcrawler, but Nightcrawler jumps up above it. And then Vanisher grabs a sword. And Nightcaller's like, ah, remember the beginning of the comic when we were watching Zorro? I can do this. And so All he right. grabs a sword with his tail and an arm and starts going uh, after Vanisher and uh, eventually gets kicked in the butt and falls on the ground. He says,
1: On guard Zutalor, cafe ole lait, tally
2: ho. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Very bad dialogue. Reminds me of Mad Magazine again. Exactly, yeah. And he goes flying, Vanisher does. Vanisher grabs a pot of boiling water and throws it at Nightcrawler, but misses. It will take more than Tupperware to stop me. I'm determined. And there's a little circle R next to Tupperware letting us know that it's, whatever. Which (laughs) is weird. So Vanisher runs away. I'm leaving. They don't call me the Vanisher for nothing.
0: And Nightcrawler manages to tackle him and we see some of the... Creatures that live in this world.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Little little dragon worm thing, and like a like a a bumble squirrel maybe.
0: It's like a snork bumble squirrel.
2: Yeah.
1: Mein Herr, you are coming with me, or do I have to get tough? I'll come, I'll come. Don't hurt me. I can't stand pain.
0: Here he really looks like a Mad Magazine type of guy.
1: Vreet moo. We hear in the background. Good, then let's get on our way before any of the subjects get silly ideas about defending you.
0: Oh, well, think the women to themselves, or say the women to themselves. It was fun while it lasted, but we'll get over the loss. Come back again unless you get killed.
2: So they head to the hole where they're going to jump in, uh, uh, but they hear praying waka waka ooga in the background and and uh
0: vanisher doesn't want to jump into the hole so he uses the dark force to create a giant hand and grabs nightcrawler but then the hand again he's unable to control it again and it disappears and then he He pulls a piece of dark force matter out of his costume and throws it at Nightcrawler, um, which makes Nightcrawler disappear, but it turns out that it just created a hole in the ground that Nightcrawler comes out of. yoo Vanisher, don't worry about me. This dark force is amazing. It's like a
1: pool of shadow. I fell right through it. Maybe you'd better put this into your suit. I don't think you can afford to lose anymore. The fabric is very thin. So it's kind
2: of like... It's kind of like the hole from Yellow Submarine. He should just put it in his pocket.
0: Uh, and we also got two more Oogas in the various panels, so
2: Well we also got a gleeple. The,
0: the Ooga creature shows up.
2: So that's what was making those noises. I mean it reminds me of like the Cloverfield monster. Totally. I think it's a real I like it a lot. Like this whole issue has been kind of goofy and dumb and not very serious and then this thing jumps out and you're like whoa somebody put some detail and attention into this creature. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's Chase Well cool Dave Cockrum creation I suppose.
2: Yeah, and it's chasing uh Nightcrawler and Vanisher
0: and they decide, well, a Vanisher agrees if they're going to get chased by monsters, they can jump in the hole together.
2: And they do. Me first. I'm scaredest. Is it scaredest? Yes. Go ahead, it's scaredest. Um, scaredest doesn't even be, appear to be spelled correctly. Not that scaredest is a word, but well, it's not really a word. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so they fly into the hole and they they come out, and the X Men are like Nightcrawler, and that's when uh, they're like, oh, or Vanisher's like, stand back, X Men. I warn you, I'm I'm naked, and then he disappears with a fink noise. Or Flink, one of the two. Flink. Storm
1: says, Nightcrawler, we'd like an explanation. Can't you tell us where you've been? Paradise, Storm, paradise, and someday I'm going back, but right now I'm going bamf. Yeah, the story was terrible. <laughs>
0: I, Yeah, it was terrible, but I liked it. I, I like the goofy quality of it.
2: Well, yeah. I I just my mind went a little darker. Like I figured, like Nightcrawler would be like, "Oh, look at all these beautiful women,"
1: and I have the damsels in distress, and I have to save them.
2: And then Vanisher would be like, "Oh yeah, look at all these women. Oh yeah, I'll be your god." And then the women would take him to like a machine, and they're like, wow we're not gonna have sex. We're gonna hook you up to this machine." And Vanisher's like, "No." And then Nightcrawler would have to save him from that machine. So
0: you just imagined a completely different story.
2: Pretty much. (laughs) And none of that happened. And then there was like a giant creature and then the Oracle and stuff. I was like, well, this isn't going the way I would have written it. (laughs) But of course, I don't know that my story would have been suitable for children. It it never goes the way that you would have written it. (laughs) Funny. Anyways, yeah. So I'm not sure... Just because it has the name Bizarre Adventures in it, if all the stories need to be bizarre. Um but
0: Well, I don't know. We have two more stories that we'll when the continuity reaches there we will we will discuss.
2: Yes, yes we will. Um all right, well anything else, Adam?
0: I read uh some more stuff uh that I'll kind of summarize quickly. Marvel Treasury edition number twenty six features Wolverine's first meeting <laughs> with Hercules. It's oh. a very short story. It takes place in a bar. They fight. They realize they would like fighting. They get along. They drink beer. Oh, nice. Uh, Avengers 169 through 172. Uh, 169 doesn't actually feature Beast, but so I'll skip that one. Uh, 170 and 171, uh, they battle Ultron uh, through the weird little uh, android that he created, the, the Bride of Ultron, essentially, Jocasta. And uh, Beast continues his story. He comes into the room where Captain America says, I just wanted to tell you about the wild time I had last weekend with these gorgeous twin blonde lovelies I met at the Guggenheim. So he's still like this crazy ladies' man and stuff. Uh, I guess Cap has lost his powers. Oh. Uh, And uh, if you'll recall, a a while ago before we did Marvel team up, uh, the ones with Havoc... Uh-huh. Um there was that storyline where uh Avengers were disappearing.
1: Yeah.
0: Well that's that's where we're catching up to. Avengers are starting to disappear. After these Avengers issues 169 through 172, uh it ends with Beast stealing a Quinjet and going off to find out where the X-Men are. So Carol Danvers joins the fray to help battle Ultron and um there's another reference to uh, by Thor to Beast. Uh, Thy winching is ill-timed, Hank McCoy, because all the ladies are, again, coming after Beast because he's blue and ladies really dig blue furry people. Sure. They go to a convent where they fight Ultron. Uh, Apparently, Beast speaks Latin, which is interesting. And they launch Ultron into space and kill him, saving the day. So Ultron is... Officially dead, but then in the next issue, they just leave the body. They're like, shouldn't we take the body with us? Uh, nah.
2: (laughs) Oh, well, he'll never come back.
0: (laughs) Right. So they get back to the X-Mansion, or not the X-Mansion, the Avengers Mansion, where uh, Hawkeye has returned to help investigate the disappearing Avengers, and uh, Henry Peter Gyrich is there, and that's when Henry Peter Gyrich shuts the uh, the Avengers down, and says, "You know, you guys no longer get full Avenger status. You're not, You don't get. Uh, you don't get priority status. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hereby revoke your Avengers priority status."
2: It was a good run while you had it, Avengers.
0: Yeah. So they're not allowed to use the Quinjet. So that's why Beast ends up stealing a Quinjet. Right. Okay. Um, Wonder Woman and Marvel start flirting, so that's interesting. Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Man. Oh, Wonder Woman is not in this issue.
2: Ah, good, because I, I would like to read that issue. <laughs>
0: um, and I think Wonder Man is in his classic sunglasses, and that's the costume. You, that's the classic one: the red sunglasses and the the red jacket.
2: Is it? Is it the gay one, or is it?
0: No, it's not the gay one yet.
2: Okay. I don't know if I'm familiar with the classic. It's not button. the giant
0: W. Okay. But he's wearing his, like, red jacket and blue turtleneck sweater.
2: I, I don't think I can picture that. I would need a panel. Okay, never mind. I'll look it up later.
0: So Quicksilver has disappeared. Uh, by the end of this issue, Captain America disappears. Um, I think Vision's disappeared. So people are disappearing. It's crazy. And that's that's where I'll leave off. Okay. And then, then this picks up with... Uh, Marvel team up 69 and 70, which we already did, which is the Havoc two-parter. Okay. And then X Men 111, which is where Beast shows up at the carnival where Magneto is. Okay. So that'll that'll cover that.
2: All right. <clears throat> well, uh, X fans and X fanettes, join us next week when we start. The long and winding trek to the Dark Phoenix Saga with X-Men number 125. But until that time, the Danger Room is closed.